0: Pick and Pop
1: Podcast. Yo,
0: what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pick and Pop Podcast. My name is Jacob Bill, and joining me as always is my co host, Zach Oates. How's it going, Zach?
2: Good, man. What is up, guys? You know, it's Friday, best day of the week. Really, really been appreciating my weekends a lot more lately, so can't think of anything better I'd rather be doing than on a podcast on Friday.
0: I 100% agree. I'm hyped that we're back for episode two of the post-graduate life Pick and Pop podcast. Um, Yes, sir. We're in in season three now, and so I'm just happy to be back in the groove. And um, uh, With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, So the first thing that I wanted to talk about for this episode was Kind of just give you guys a little bit of pop culture Since I know last episode was very sports heavy Um, And for this pop culture segment I wanted to talk about some music That I've been listening to recently And um, first of all I just wanted to give a shout out to myself Because Okay um, I'm I'm curious Okay so at the end of season 2 of our podcast We did an awards show And I believe Actually I know That I said The artist of the year was Ariana Grande. I know I said Mm. Did
2: you? All right. Hey, check the tapes. Release the tapes.
0: I don't don't know if you remember specifically, but I remember I said Artist of the Year, Ariana Grande. And after I said that and people like my sister, like my friends, they heard it. They're like, bro, that's a whack pick. Ariana Grande sucks. Like she's not Artist (laughs) of the Year. You should have picked someone else like Travis Scott or blah, blah, blah. But... I just want to give myself a shout-out because guess who won Artist of the Year at the VMAs?
2: I have no idea. Tell me.
0: Ariana Grande, bro. <laughs> so I'm just what? saying. What? I'm just saying. I had a good pick, and the people that hated on it can eat their words now. So that's all I okay, got to say okay. on that. Um, that might
2: be the first personal shout out that we've had on this podcast so yeah i think that was worthy of it though i think that was worthy
0: you know what you got to give credit where it's due even if it's for yourself you know so it's
2: true um side note you mentioned travis scott did you watch the travis scott netflix documentary
0: no i have not and i've been meaning to i've really really been meaning to because it keeps on popping up on my like netflix feed and i keep on seeing like people talking about about it on twitter but no i haven't watched it yet have you
2: yeah dude people go insane for his concerts. Like that's the one thing I took away from that documentary is like kids go so hard in those mosh pits that some of them have to go to the hospital. And like, it's almost bad. Like, but it's also pretty hype that people go that hard for, for one guy. So definitely check it out.
0: Okay. Sounds good. I'll, I'll have to watch that sometime soon. Um, so for the rest of our music, uh, segment, I'm just kind of going to go through some of the music that has been newly released within the past, you know, couple months. Um, And so, Zach, if at any point, you know, you want to hop in to this list and kind of give some feedback, just let me know. Um, But first off, um, Post Malone put out a new album called Hollywood's Bleeding, and um, I have listened to that, and uh, I think it's pretty good. Um, I'm honestly not a diehard um, Post Malone fan. I do like a lot of his music, um, and this album, I think, is good, but I'm not, like, you know, dying over it. Um, One song (laughs) that I really do like, though, is the one featuring Ozzy Osbourne and Travis Scott. That's I like really, that one, too. That's a really good song. Um, but yeah, so just wanted to mention that one and throw that one out there.
2: Apparently, uh, a lot of Post Malone's fan, fans didn't know who Ozzy Osbourne was. And yeah. Ozzy Osbourne didn't know who Post Malone was before yeah. recording that song.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I saw some people on Twitter being like, wow, Post Malone is such a great guy for giving like unknown artists like Ozzy Osbourne a platform. And I was just like, oh no, oh no. Unknown artist. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, funny. Yeah, so moving on to another album that came out recently that um, I really like personally is the Millennium album called Ascend. And on that album, you know, they have a lot of um, really good songs and some of them featuring the Chainsmokers and Ex-Ambassadors. I really like that album. It's an album that I think can kind of fit into any mood that you're feeling. So um, that's another one.
2: I like that one, too.
0: Um, And then another one that I actually really like and I've always been a big fan of hers is the Taylor Swift album called Lover. Um, And the best song, in my opinion, on that album is False God. I don't know if you have a favorite on that, but.
2: okay, wait, wait, wait. Um, I just finished it today. So I'm trying to remember. I'm going to pull up that album real quick.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, while you're doing that, um, I'll keep on going with down my list of recent albums. So another album. Go for it. Yeah, for sure. So another album um, that I have really liked recently is the Her album, and it's called I Used to Know Her. And I think the best song on that album is called Hard Place. It was actually released as a single, I believe, before the album came out um, to kind of promote the album. But even though it was released before I still think it was the best song on the album, and you know artists do that a lot. They put out their best song before the album comes out just to kind kind of drive hype. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that, that's one. Um, did you find any Taylor Swift songs while? You I,
2: I'm looking right now, and I, I think I do remember "False God." I do like that one. We yeah. might have to play that one during the break too to give the listeners a, a feel for that one. For sure. Um, I'm done. Obviously, you know you got you got the classics. You need to calm down. Um, I forgot that you existed. I know. I know a lot of them. A lot of the girls out there love that one. Yep. there's a lot of a lot of good songs on that on that album. I gotta say, I just I just finished it up this afternoon, and I, I was a fan.
0: Sounds good, yeah, dude. Taylor Swift has uh, always been a good choice, no matter what. So <laughs> happy to see that she's back on the on the scene for sure. Um, yes, sir. And then the last album that I wanted to mention, um, this one came out actually uh, several months ago at this point. Um, it's not necessarily new anymore, but I did want to give a shout out to the Ed Sheeran album. Um, And, you know, this was the collaboration project featuring, you know, tons of artists from like the names of Khalid, Eminem and 50 Cent, Justin Bieber, Travis Scott, Chris Stapleton and Bruno Mars are on a song together. Um, Mm -hmm. I think overall, this album is just like so good because it features artists that are at the top of their respective genres. So like, you know, Khalid is like at the top of like his like pop, like chill music genre, I guess you could say. Um, you know know, Travis Scott is at the top of like the hip-hop and rap uh, genre and then you got like Bruno Mars and Chris Stapleton Chris Stapleton's you know one of the top country artists and Bruno Mars has always been for you know the past like 10 years like a top pop artist Um, so it's really just like this huge collaboration of top tier artists that come together to put out you know a really good um, full-length project that you know I don't think you can skip any song on I think every single song is good so just wanted to shout that one out as well
2: Yeah, dude, no, really every single artist that he pairs with is a big name, like, every single person that he paired with, I felt like I knew. Yeah. Um, I gotta ask, though, what was your favorite song on this album?
0: Okay, um, that's a really good question. So, if I had to pick one song on the whole album, um, personally, I really like, oh man, that's actually really tough. Um, because I
2: really, I really did like the one with Ed Sheeran, Chris Stapleton and Bruno Mars. Yeah, I know me a too. lot of people, a lot of people thought that one was almost like too hard rock, but I thought they, they did a really good job of mixing three very different styles of music in there and they somehow made it all work. So yeah. I, I really like that one.
0: I really like that one too. That one might be one of my favorites. Um, I like that one for sure. And I think the other one, other than that, that I would name as one of my tops is, um, I really like the one with Travis Scott, "Antisocial." I think that one's really good too.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I respect it.
0: Um, well, well, that's all I got for um, you know current and you know new popular music. Is there anything that you want to mention that I might have missed? Um,
2: not much. However, for those country fans out there, Zach Brown Band just released an album today. I'm only a couple songs in, so I can't give you much of an opinion yet. But for those country fans out there or non-country fans, I know Zach Brown Band covers a <laughs> lot of audiences go check it
0: out for sure for sure i'll have to check that out too so you said it just came out today right
2: yep just today
0: sounds good well listeners stay tuned maybe uh zach and i will have a full length review of the zach brown band next episode next month Um, but in the meantime why don't we throw you guys a song and we will be right back
3: I go there when you touch me, honey Hell is when I fight with you But we can patch it up good Make confessions and we're begging for forgiveness Got the wine for you And you can't talk to me when I'm like this Daring you to leave me just so I can try and scare you You're the West Village You still do it for me, baby. They all warn us about times like this They say the road gets hard and you get lost When you're left by blind faith Blind faith But we might just get away
2: with What's up guys? Welcome back So for this segment, we are going to discuss some football. So we'll start out with some college football talk, and then we'll get into some NFL. So we are getting into week four of the college football season this week. Um, As always, Clemson and Alabama are leading the way. Um, I think it's pretty much a given that this is going to be the national championship again this year. Maybe that's just me, but especially Clemson, man. They just look so good. I'm watching those wide receivers Um, Justin Ross, T. Higgins They just look like first round picks Easy, really, really talented wide receivers And then of course you got the golden boy Trevor Lawrence back there Slinging the pigskin So I think think Clemson is going to continue to be the number one team In the country all year long Especially being in the ACC I don't really see that being much of an issue for them And then Alabama looks great too as always So I think they'll probably have some good games Especially Alabama down the line in the SEC But I'm predicting those two to be at the top again, as always. But let's get into some other takeaways that I've had from the college football season so far, and then you can give some of yours as well. Um, so, so far, the Pac-12 sucks, man. We really we really <laughs> just suck. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go through week by week and just kind of talk about some of the scores. Because, you know, as a Pac-12 football fan, whoever your team is, you always root for Pac-12 teams in the non-conference just because it makes the conference look better as a whole, right? So, you know, as a UW football fan, for me... I've been rooting for these Pac-12 teams just so that when it comes down to picking the playoffs, they say, oh, UW had a great season and they were in a great conference. So that sets them a little bit farther ahead. So week one, Arizona, August 24th, very very first weekend of the year. They lost to Hawaii. Hawaii, in my opinion, very mediocre team. UCLA lost. Arizona State beat Kent State, but that's not saying much. Utah got a win. Um, Oregon State lost. Stanford got a win, but as we would see in the next coming weeks, Stanford would not be winning very many more games. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oregon lost. Uh, go into week two. Let's see who, who else. UCLA lost again. Um, Stanford, hell. <laughs> Oregon <laughs> State lost to Hawaii. So, as you can see, there's just kind of a little theme. Um, the Pac 12 is not looking great against some of these non conference foes. The next week we had USC lose again, Stanford lose again, Colorado lose again. We did have Arizona State pull off probably the best Pac-12 non-conference win of the season against Michigan State on a 10-7 final score. So that was an exhilarating game. I don't know if you watched that one. Um, But I just, I really, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed. You know, I thought the Pac-12 might have a a little bit of a bounce back here in football this year, um, but we're not really seeing it. So that's been a little bit disappointing for those of us who are Pac-12 fans rooting for our school to do well postseason.
0: Yeah, for sure. The Pac-12 um, is definitely one of those uh, conferences that has always kind of been overlooked. I think I think there's a big East Coast bias in college football. For sure. Um, you know, just just having to stay up late if you're an East Coast fan. You mean you'd have to stay up until nearly midnight to watch like a USC US or UCLA game. Mm-hmm. So I mean, just the exposure to that the West Coast and the Pac-12 gets is lower. And, you know, just the fact that teams like Clemson and Alabama, Georgia, LSU, all these teams are on the East Coast. um, And so I don't think that the West Coast gets much respect. Um, However, with that being said, you know, there are, um, you know, actually several Pac-12 teams in the top 25 right now. It's true. It's true. So, I mean, like just just going through the top 25, we have Utah, who's number 10. That's one. Mm -hmm. And then we have Oregon, two. Washington State, three. Washington, four, California, five, and Arizona State, six. So out of the Pac-12, half the team or, or half the conference is in the top 25. So although the teams might not be doing so well on the lower end of the conference, I think the top half of the conference is actually looking really good.
2: Yeah, see, I agree with that. It's just that in the non-conference, we really haven't been winning those games that we need to win yeah. against these other power conference schools. Like, we can beat up on the little guys all, all we want. Yeah. But that's not going to look very good once we're beating up on each other in conference. True. So that's why it would have been big, you know, Oregon to pull off that game against Auburn. That would have been huge for the Pac-12. Um, UCLA played Cincinnati in the opening week. And I don't think Cincinnati's very good. They could have pulled off that. But now UCLA just really isn't looking very good at all either. Yeah. Um, we lost, Pac-12 teams lost to Hawaii two weeks in a row. So it's just, I feel like a lot of these, a lot of these teams that um, could have kind of set us apart with some good non-conference wins haven't. That being said, you're right, we do have, six teams in the top 25 so hopefully we look good in conference against each other and those top six teams can stay strong and then who knows maybe we'll see uh maybe we'll see a team in the playoff from the Pac-12 it looks like a little bit of a stretch right now but we'll, we'll have to wait and see speaking of the playoff though let's give our predictions for the top four teams at the end of the season um you can go ahead and go first
0: All right. I'm happy to go first. So um, my prediction for the college football playoff this year, for those of you that may not know, I'm assuming everybody knows, but the college football playoff features four teams. Um, So it's not nearly as big as, you know, the NBA playoffs or, you know, even the college basketball um, tournament, you know, it's very, very small selection. Um, So we have to really narrow it down in these predictions to just four teams and my four teams. Are Clemson and Alabama are locks. I think you got to pick them almost every year because they're just mm. absolute powerhouses in you know national college football. Um, but other than that, um, I'm going with Oklahoma in the third spot. Um, I think you know there are other teams like Georgia and LSU who are good enough to get in. However, you know I don't see two SEC teams making it in. Um, so since Alabama's in there. I'm gonna pick Oklahoma since they're in the Big 12. Good. And finally, um, another East Coast team, and this is a sleeper that I think has the potential to make it into the top four. I'm really, like I'm really not confident in this pick at all, but I think it could happen, and it would be a really cool storyline. Go
2: it on a limb. Let's hear it, Michigan. Oh, so wow. even even after they barely barely beat Army, even after they almost lost to Army at home.
0: Even after they almost lost to Army at home, I think that they are good enough to get in, and I think that they have a good chance to get in because I think that army game is gonna light a fire under them. They're gonna go mm, okay. out for the rest of the season and just kill people, is is my opinion. Okay. I think I think it's about time that Harbaugh actually did something at Michigan. He's had a couple <laughs> he's had a couple good years, but he's never really accomplished much. And I think it's about damn time that he actually does something for them. And so I just have this weird feeling that they're going to like do really well in conference. Um, Their conference is tough, so it's definitely not a lock. And like I said, I'm not super confident, but I just have a feeling that they're going to play really well the rest of the season and they're going to make it in.
2: Jim Harbaugh called out by Jacob Phil on the Pig & Pop podcast. Jim, I know you're listening. That's right. This better better light a fire beneath your stomach. (laughs) I want you to make the college football playoff.
0: Yes, exactly. Let's hear yours. I like
2: it. All right, so I actually have three of the same teams. Obviously, you got to go with Clemson and Alabama. I do like the Oklahoma pick, too. They look really good. Jalen Hurts back there at quarterback. Yeah, they yeah. really haven't been been tested too much yet. I'm really excited for that Texas-Oklahoma game in a couple weeks. Yeah, I think same. that'll be a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my fourth team is another Big Ten team like you, but I'm going with Ohio State. Um, okay. they've, been kill- they've been killing teams so far. Justin Fields, their quarterback, looks really talented, too. He's kind of a dual threat. He can run the ball, throw the ball. Um, so I, I, picked those as my top four. Um, I struggled leaving Georgia out of there just because I know they're going to be really good. Although however they are in the sec and they're going to beat up on the sec teams are going to beat up on each other. Plus Georgia's playing Notre Dame tomorrow. Um, and I, that'll be a tough one too. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think I had, I struggled leaving Georgia out of there, but I, I think I'd, I'd really like to see that as the top four teams in the playoffs for sure. All right. So next. Actually, before I get into this next part, I do have a quick story. You were talking about um, Pac-12 After Dark and how we always play really, really late-night games. Yeah. Um, so I actually went to the UW game a couple weeks ago. The game was scheduled to start at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Mind you, that's already 10.30 East Coast time. And then a few minutes into the game, we get a, le- a thunderstorm, and they decide to delay the game. And so they send all the fans out of the bleachers and everything, and there's a bunch of lightning going on. And they say that they're going to not start the game until 30 minutes after the last lightning within eight miles. And so we keep thinking the game's about to start again, and then more lightning would come. So they just kept delaying it. And they delayed it all the way until 10.30 p.m. Pacific time and decided to start the game up again. And the game had barely started. So the the game didn't finish until I believe it was about 1 to 1.30 a.m., Pacific wow. time, which is 4.30 a.m. East Coast time. So if there was anybody on the East Coast watching that game, I, I give you a round of applause because that yeah. is the definition of actual 12 after dark right there.
0: Seriously, that is insane, <laughs> dude. Uh, that's yeah. crazy. They need to start their games earlier. What the hell? I
2: know. Well, also, it was dumb because we left. We didn't even stay. Like We were like, there's no way they're going to start this game again. And then we left. Yeah. And on our way out, they we hear on the radio they're starting. But anyway... We will get to the next part of the segment. So this, this part's going to be pretty fun, I think. So so the rules for this segment is Jacob and I each have to pick a team. We're each going to pick a team individually, so it can be the same team, that is outside the top ten currently, and that we have no loyalties to. So for me, I couldn't pick UW. uh probably shouldn't pick Wazoo because my mom went there. Um, anything like that. Jacob can't pick any team he's loyal to, and we each pick a team. And then at the end of the year, whichever one of our teams is higher in the final standings, the other one owes them a beer. So we're, we're betting a beer on this, okay? You ready?
0: I'm ready. Let's hear yours first.
2: Okay, okay. We're going to go with mine first. So this one, I didn't really know what to do. You know, I, I, I had a couple teams on my mind, but for some reason, I've always liked this team. Um, the last couple of years, for some reason, after watching some of their games, I just really like them. And I'm going with Penn State. Okay, dude.
0: Okay, great pick. Great pick.
2: <laughs> no way. No way. You were about to pick that.
0: I was not about to pick Penn State, but okay. The only reason I wasn't gonna pick them is because I'm a fan of theirs. So like, oh it, really? So like, okay, it wouldn't. Okay. So like, it wouldn't be fair for me to pick them because I'm already a fan. You know, and <laughs> and you know, you said to pick teams that we're not loyal to.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: you know, I used to live in Pennsylvania for my early That's childhood, right. so I kind of grew up as a Penn State fan. Um, and you know, obviously, things went through a shit storm with them. I know
2: that. That's why I was like, I mean, I've I've always liked this team, and then I was like, well, well, in the last couple of years, I've liked this team. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they've uh, had some pretty low points within you know the past you know ten years with all the stuff that's gone down with them. But um, I was gonna pick them, but I just couldn't because I'm a fan. So I'm actually okay. I'm actually a little bitter that you picked them because now I like. <laughs> I, like, want to root for them, but at the same time, I don't want to root for them because they're your team, so. Yeah, I,
2: I am officially a Penn State fan now.
0: All right, you're giving me a conflict of interest, but that's okay. <laughs> um, okay, let's hear yours. Okay, so my team is the University of Central Florida, UCF Golden Knights. Um, oh,
2: you looked up the mascot, wow. Or do you know it?
0: I'm, I knew it. I knew it. Okay. okay. <laughs> I know my college football a little bit, I guess. Um, I can't
2: see what's on your computer screen right now, so I, I can't. I can't tell, but I'll, I'll take your word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as most people know, I am a Stanford fan, and although Stanford got absolutely shit on by UCF last week, twenty-seven <laughs> to forty-five, um, I don't hold it against UCF. I still think um that they're a good team and I've always kind of been a fan of theirs. Not really a true fan, but I've kind of liked them as an underdog story for a long time because they're mm-hmm. not they're not in a power conference. They always win like almost every single one of their games, but they never really do anything great because no one gives them any respect. Um and the other reason why I'm picking them is because I have a feeling that they're probably going to win out. And so the odds that my team wins more games than your team is pretty high. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Since since they're in such a bad conference, Um, I feel kind of like a dick for picking this, but I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway.
2: No, man. But here's my thing on them. Like I said off air, I I don't think they're going to make the college football playoff because we've seen them do this before and they didn't make it. So I'm thinking like the max they can do is get like sixth. In the final standings. Whereas Penn State is a team that if they do really well, they could definitely make the top four.
0: That's whereas very true.
2: The chance that Penn State wins out is less than UCF winning out, but my ceiling is higher. So I'm, I'm sticking with Penn State. Okay, so let the record show. Zach picks Penn State, Jacob picks UCF. Whichever team is finishes higher in the final standings this year, um, they get a beer from the other person.
0: Sounds good. I'm down.
2: All right, so that was college football. Let's quickly do some NFL Um, We don't need to get into too much here. Quick shout out as we begin NFL, though. We got a couple former Washington State quarterbacks that are now starting in the league. Uh, Luke Folk was the third string on the Jets, and now he's the starter. And then we got Minshew Mania, Gardner Minshew, once again, taking over the football world as he just won a game last night, starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's got the mustache. He's got that 1970s style that everybody loves. He's just a very, very interesting player. And, you know, I was listening to "Pardon my take podcast today, and um, he, one of the guys was like, you know, Gardner Minshew just makes you feel things when he's out there playing quarterback, and that, that's what you want. So I, I think that's pretty accurate. So a quick shout out to Wazoo fans. Um, okay, now let's get into some takeaways. Um, the Patriots, once again, looking like the best team in the league, especially week one on Sunday Night Football, absolutely dismantled the Steelers. They're looking great. Again, I know there's a lot going on with Antonio Brown, and they don't have him anymore as of today. He's not on the team but they still have a couple other really good wide receivers. Josh Gordon, Edelman, Um, their their roster is just stacked as always. And then every time you got, or since you always got Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, you can never count them out. Um, Yeah, I don't know. What what other takeaways have you had from the NFL so far?
0: Yeah, um, you know, the NFL is great. I obviously love the NFL season. Um, Fantasy football is one of my favorite times of year. Um, My fantasy team is one and one right now. So, you know, we're doing okay, but not great. Um but anyway I think I think the two biggest takeaways for me from the call or from the NFL season so far are just the injuries to quarterbacks. Um yes, Drew Brees got a uh, really messed up thumb um when he was playing the Los Angeles Rams and that required surgery and I believe he's going to be out um you know 6 to 7 weeks at this point so you know that might schedule him for a week 9 or 10 return. Um, And I think it's going to be really interesting to see if Teddy Bridgewater and the rest of that Saints offense can carry the load while he's gone because they are in a tough conference or in a tough division. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in order for them to really stay competitive to make the playoffs, they're going to have to win a lot of games while while Drew Brees is out. So I think it'll be interesting to see what they do there. And then also another big quarterback injury is Ben Roethlisberger for the Steelers. Um, And, you know, I just really don't think that they're good enough at all to do anything this season. I think that you can pretty much scratch them off as, you know, not making the playoffs this year. Unfortunately, I do like the Steelers. I like Juju Smith-Schuster. But unfortunately, I just don't think that they have enough talent. And so um, the fact that he's out for the year, I believe, is really going to, you know, kind of ruin their season.
2: Yeah, and you know, for some reason the Seahawks are associated with all of this stuff. Big Ben gets injured that game, and now we're playing the Saints, and Drew Brees is injured. So I know there's going to be Seahawks haters out there like yourself that are going to be, oh, they're getting lucky every time. But you know, I won't. I won't say too much about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so last thing with NFL, I'm looking up here the top five fantasy football uh, scorers so far, and. Each of them are quarterbacks, so I just want to see how many of the top five can you just guess right now off the top of your head of the so far in Ooh. three weeks of football, um, or what? what is it, two weeks now? Um, who are the who are the top five fantasy football scorers at this point?
0: Okay, so go back one second. So you said, are, are they all quarterbacks?
2: They are all quarterbacks okay, okay, okay. at this moment.
0: Okay, well, I think Patrick Mahomes is one of them.
2: Yes, you got that.
0: Okay, so that's one down. I think after that
2: And hold up, hold up. Um and yeah. just just so if somebody's checking my facts out there, um it looks like we we may be looking at projected stats, but I do believe that this this is also pretty much the same as the overall. However, let's just go ahead with the the ones I was looking at. So okay. give me your top 5.
0: Okay, so I think Patrick Mahomes is up there. Um after that, um I think damn um jared goff
2: He's is not in this top five
0: dang okay um man this is, this is kind of exposing my knowledge here but um, okay <laughs> I
2: yeah i, I mean I, I know i wouldn't know these so yeah this is just kind of off the top um, think of, think of a, a young quarterback dual threat that's kind of oh the
0: scene. lamar jackson obviously
2: yep yep you got him
0: okay so we got patty mahomes lamar jackson um russell wilson Maybe not.
2: He he's right outside. You want me to you want me to name the other ones that are on here?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's let name the other ones. Okay.
2: So these, like I said, I'm not actually sure if these are the top scores or if they're just the projected. But we got Patty Mahomes. Dak Prescott is in there. Of course, uh, Dak. Yeah. Dak, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and then Aaron Rodgers actually.
0: Uh, I should have gotten Aaron Rodgers. I I probably wouldn't have guessed Deshaun Watson though. That, that's an interesting one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And Dak, too. That's I, I mean, coming into the season, I don't think I would have guessed Dak. Yeah, me either. All right, so that is all we got with football. Uh, let's go to a quick break, and we'll get back with a couple more seconds. I need, I need, I
3: need I need, I need, I need, I need. I need room, I need room. Where you standing way too close, you might catch fumes. Might catch fumes when I zoom, when I zoom. As I wake up by myself right past noon, right past noon, then I'm doomed. see drowning all of my issues right before i leave she give me more than just a issue. I that thing got my back just like my engine i can't hit it seen a vision and a boy then we committed
0: All right, welcome back, everybody. Um, We're jumping into a basketball-centric segment now. Um, And first off, on the note of basketball, I know it's not basketball season for the NBA or for college, um, but we did just finish the FIBA World Championships of Basketball. um, And, you know, the USA is always the favorite going into any national basketball tournament, whether it's the Olympics, you know, the World Cup or whatever it is. Um, The U.S. team is always the favorite, However, this year's U.S. team was not as stacked as it usually is. You know, usually they have, um, you know, perennial all-stars like Kevin Durant or Chris Paul or LeBron James on the team. Um, this wait, year, Wait,
2: what, what about Joe Harris?
0: Oh, Joe Harris. You're right. <laughs> yeah, so this year just—that's actually a perfect example. So this year for the FIBA team, one of the guys on the roster was Joe Harris. <laughs> I'm just going to repeat that. One of the guys on the roster was freaking Joe Harris. So, obviously, this team was not as stacked as usual, and the outcome of the tournament definitely reflected that. The U.S. team finished seventh, I repeat, seventh, which I believe is one of their worst finishes in a national basketball tournament ever. I think um, it might
2: be, if I saw something correctly, I think it might be the lowest since they've had professionals play.
0: Yeah, so this is the all-time low, then, for for USA Basketball. Um, so, mm-hmm. it's really big news. Um, just to kind of recap, you know, the top three teams, Spain ended up winning it, Argentina got second, and France got and France got third, um, and you know, like I said, the U.S. team got all the way down seventh, so it's a huge failure for USA basketball, and it got me thinking, um, you know, in soccer, a lot of national teams have national team-specific coaches, and those coaches, you know, dedicate their entire professional career to coaching the national team, but the NBA or for the basketball, the national team, they do not do that. They use coaches that coach in the NBA or they coach college. So the coaching the national team is really just kind of a hobby for them, or it's kind of a second job. So they can't really give everything, like all their time to it. So my question for you, Zach, is if the USA basketball team was to pick one coach, whether it be NBA or college, to coach the um, USA team full-time, who would you pick?
2: Oh, okay, that's tough. So my initial instinct is to pick a college coach, just because um, I've always kind of thought that college coaches—I don't know—and I, I, for some reason I've always thought that college coaches have to do a l- little bit more, a little bit more than NBA coaches, just because you know you got professionals. Like when you got guys like LeBron on your team, like there really isn't a whole lot of coaching that needs to be done. Right. Um, so I my gut reaction is to go with a college coach. Um, and there is one college coach that I've really been liking lately, and he, he seems like he's been kind of staying away from all these scandals and all that's going on. Um, so I I think I'll pick Tony Bennett, the Virginia coach, who okay. just won the national championship. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and I, I think he's a real I think he's a good guy and I think he's a really good smart mind basketball coach. You know, he's got the the pack line defense that Virginia always runs. So I don't know if he could implement that on an international stage. That would be interesting. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Tony Bennett.
0: Good pick. Yeah, that that's someone that didn't even enter my mind when I was thinking about my pick. But um, mm-hmm. now that you mention it, I do think that he'd be a pretty good guy for the job.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, my pick is an NBA guy, and okay. it is Steve Kerr. Oh, um, okay. Nice. I, think, I think Steve Kerr would be perfect for this USA basketball job because mm-hmm. – for so many years with the Warriors, he was basically coaching like a USA team, you know? Yep. He had Klay yep, Thompson, right. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins, Kevin Durant, Andre Igadala. He had all these like really high tier, high profile athletes on his team and he was still able to win, you know, two championships. He was still able to go to the finals like, what, four years in a row yeah. Um, so, I mean, just the fact that he was able to take an NBA team with so many, like, big egos and high-profile athletes and turn it into such great success, I think mm-hmm. he'd really be able to take that experience and turn it into a successful run as the USA basketball coach.
2: That's a good pick. It is interesting, though, that one of his mentors was Greg Popovich. Yep. And like I was saying, I think if you would have asked me the same question before this tournament, I probably would have said Greg Popovich to be my coach just because – He just has such a proven track record of being such a great basketball coach. And no matter who's on his team, he always gets the best out of them. So that's who I would have said. And then you saw what happened this year um, with with a subpar roster, but still some good players on the team. You know, he still had Kemba Walker, um, Donovan Mitchell, definitely not the top of the top, but some good players. So I was surprised that Pop couldn't get him to a better finish.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I think, I think it's kind of fun. I mean, I don't know if the, if the USA team will ever actually pick a coach to kind of only solely coach them. Um, I think, you know, since the NBA is almost year long at this point, it's, you know, it takes up like eight out of the 12 months of a year. I think for, you know, someone to say, oh, I'm only going to coach, you know, the USA team would kind of shorten their coaching calendar by a lot. So we'll have to see if that ever happens. Yeah. Um, But the next thing I want to do in the basketball segment was kind of go through a little Hall of Fame game and throw you some um, current and former NBA players and ask you, are they in or are they not in the Hall of Fame?
2: I like it. Let's do it.
0: All right. So first player, um, is Derrick Rose going to be in the Hall of Fame?
2: Ooh. Okay. Well, I think I know what you're going to say for this. (laughs) So, um dude honestly i think i want him to be and i think he should be i think that he just had a couple amazing years one amazing year in particular when he won mvp and i think that's i think that's good enough honestly and to be to be honest he's still after what he went through with all his injuries and to still be able to be dropping 50 points like he did in a game uh last yeah. year i think yeah i, I think derrick rose is in for me
0: i would definitely have to agree um as a lot of people know Derek Rose is my favorite athlete ever so I'm a little biased <laughs> here but let me just go through some of the reasons why I think that he should be in there um you know like Zach mentioned during the 2010 and 2011 year he was the MVP and he is the youngest MVP to ever win um so I think that alone Really I didn't know that okay. Yeah I think I think that alone is like good enough to get him in. I mean, if, if if you're the youngest MVP ever in all of NBA history, I think that's good enough. Mm. Um, and during that year, he averaged 25, 8, and 4, which was a pretty good stat line. Um, and, you know, the Bulls obviously made it into the playoffs that year. Um, so that was just a really good year for him. And um, I think that alone is good enough. But furthermore, I think... Like just kind of based on the eye test, like he's one of, or you know, he was one of the most explosive NBA athletes I think there ever has been. You know, he mm-hmm. could sprint up and down the floor on a fast break in like one second, basically with the ball. Um, yeah, he's just like an amazing player to watch. And then finally, I think like his whole comeback story about how you know he he tore his L and a or he tore his ACL in a gruesome injury um, in 2012, and after that he came back but then he ended up tearing his meniscus just to go through the whole rehab process again mm-hmm. and even after those two devastating injuries last year he still averaged 18 points per game and he even got some votes to be like you know the sixth man of the year so i think just the fact that he's gone through all these like gruesome horrible injuries and people say oh he's done he'll he'll never be the same he's still coming out like re- like now and still scoring like you know 15 18 points a game so um based on those things i definitely think that he's in there
2: yeah okay one quick side question so when they do select players in the hall of fame how is it done is it a selection committee and is there any sort of like qualifiers
0: that's that is a great question that i do not have the answer (laughs) to unfortunately
2: because i don't think it's it's not like a set thing like if you've done this you get hall of fame so it must be must be kind of a selection committee kind of like it is for march madness yeah um that's what i'm that's what i'm thinking
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that you're right there. There's no, like, qualifiers or anything. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just, like, based on their resume, you know, do you think that they're influential and good enough? Um,
2: And to be honest, I think that if you've won an MVP, like, there's only been so many NBA seasons. And I think if you were the best player in the league for an entire season, I think that should be good enough to get you in the Hall of Fame.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, Well, actually, that's a perfect segue into my next player, um, who is Chauncey Billups? Do you think okay. that Chauncey Billups should be in the in the NBA Hall of Fame?
2: Oh, see, that's tough because he was not an MVP. So that, that correct. There goes that. Um, he was on some good teams. He has a ring, maybe two. I'm trying to think. I know he has at least one.
0: Yep. Um,
2: you know, gut reaction is going to say no for me. Chauncey Billups. I'm going to say no, actually
0: okay very interesting pick and you know i was actually leaning toward answering no as well Uh but before we got on um the air i did do a little bit of research and he does have um a finals mvp under his belt
2: okay okay. and
0: so in my opinion if you're the mvp of the finals i think you got to get in there
2: yeah I mean, yeah. I mean, you might be right. However, do you think Andre Iguadala is going to make the Hall of Fame because he was a Finals MVP too?
0: You know, that's a good one. Um, I actually thought about putting him in this list, but I didn't. So it's, well, he's
2: in, he's in there now. What do you think? Yeah,
0: um, I. Yeah, that's also a tough one. But again, I, I'd have to follow my uh, my logic and say that he is in. You know, he's a Finals okay. MVP. Um, one of the, you know, greatest like defenders, I think in recent memory. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think I, I think I'd put him in there.
2: Okay. By the way, do we know what team he's going to be on this year yet? I know there was talk of him being on the Lakers.
0: I don't think we have anything yet. No. So I guess we'll have to stay tuned. All right. Uh, all right. Next player in hall of fame game is Amari Stoudemire in or not.
2: Okay, okay, so this is interesting because this is one of those guys that was one of the best in the league when he was at his peak and then he really fell off. Um, well, was he good enough when he was at his peak? This is, oh, man, this is tough because him and Nash, that's one of the best pick and rolls of all time. Um, see, this is another one I want to. Uh, I want to say no, actually, on this one.
0: All right, I'm going to have to agree with you here. I would say no also. Um, you know, I think overall for his entire career, I looked up his career stats in the NBA, mm-hmm. he averaged 19 points per game and eight rebounds, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're averaging, you know, only a point off from 20 for your whole career, that's pretty solid. But he's always had attitude problems. He's not a great defender. Um I mean, I, I just don't think that his resume has enough, so I would have to agree. Yeah.
2: And he's one of those guys, I think he had to be in the perfect system for him to be as good as he was. Like, yeah. I, if he wasn't playing with as good of a point guard as Steve Nash, I don't think he would have been nearly as good as he was. Agreed. And we saw that when he went to the Knicks. Like, he had injuries and stuff, but he wasn't nearly as good as he was when he was on Phoenix.
0: For sure. All right, so last player in our Hall of Fame game is Carmelo Anthony. Is he? Dude, in? I was
2: about to bring this up. Is he okay. in,
0: or is he not?
2: Okay, okay, so... This is good. I was about to bring this up, and I was saying that he's a similar situation to Amari, and that he was really, really good when he was at his peak, um, and then he fell off pretty quickly. Yeah. But I think that his peak was a lot higher than Amari's peak. True. And I think that he was good enough that I, I, think he's, I think he's definitely a Hall of Famer for me.
0: I'm gonna have to agree with you again. Um, nice. First of all, I just want to say he should be on a team now. I don't know. Yeah. Why, I don't even know why he's not on a team now. He should he's, be. He's coming he's,
2: off the bench. I must say, but he should be on a team.
0: Important clarification. I'm glad that you brought <laughs> that up. He should be coming off the bench, but he's still a good player. And I think he could be valuable to it, you know, especially a title contender. If you have Carmel Anthony coming off the bench in the finals, like you're going to be doing pretty well in my opinion. So, yeah. He's a guy um, that
2: can get you 10, 15 points in a couple minutes
0: if he's hot. So exactly. Yes. Um, so first of all, you know, like I said, he should be on a team. And second of all, I do think that he should be in the hall of fame. Um, you know, he had the scoring title in 2012-2013, which is a great accomplishment in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, going back to our first segment of basketball, he's he's one of the best, like, Olympic basketball players ever. Like, True. Like, 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 there's this whole, like, like alter ego of him that's, like, that's like Olympic Carmelo, you know? yeah. It's, yeah. like, he's just, like, a different player. He has, like, a different mindset. He's just, like, a totally different person. And I think, like, just that in itself, like, that Olympic Carmelo that's what we've always wanted to see he hasn't quite gotten there um you know like you said he had a really high peak in the nba when he was on the nuggets but Mm -hmm. um you know that olympic carmelo i think is good enough and also he was a 10-time all-star in the nba and you know if you're you're an all-star for 10 years i mean that's like that's a long time so in my opinion he's definitely in the hall of fame
2: Dude, he's got, like, three alter egos, if you think about it. I mean, you you know, Hoodie Mello, the guy we always see on those Twitter videos in the off season, Yes, sir. Just, like, doing jab steps and pull-ups. Yeah. Like, we like, I'm like, where? why can't he do that consistently in the NBA? Well, it's because there's nobody guarding him, yeah. and he's shooting <laughs> in a gym by himself. You're right. Um, <laughs> but, and then, yeah, then he's got, he was a beast at Syracuse, the one year he was there, led him to a championship as a freshman. Yep. And then, yeah, I mean, he when he was on the Nuggets, yeah, he's got, and then the Olympics, he's got a lot of alter egos, but... Yeah, I agree. I think he should be on a team, and I think he should be in the Hall of
0: Fame. All right. Well, see, um, for those new new listeners out there, um, Zach and I usually don't agree as much as we did in this segment, um, but for this for this go around, we did have all the same answers, um, mm-hmm. and so we're kind of running long on time here. So I think we'll run a quick break, and then we will close it out. So be right back. Hey Panini, don't you be a meanie. Thought you wanted me to go,
3: or why you tryna keep me teeny? I, it's a dreamy, wish it on a genie. I got fans finally, And you wanted them to see me? I, I thought you want this for my life, for my life. Said you wanted. Right here,
1: remind me of my ex say I be declining all her calls And I'm responding to her texts I be like Girl, hush your mouth You know I ain't got time for them. But she know I injured my right hand So when I get behind I use my left. She watch that Walker Texas run right? say I remind her of Nas X I'm talking no down road Up my old, down low They like girls And I like girls Three at a time Sometimes four And if my back and not all hundreds And ain't no time Then I don't go I be like hey.
2: Welcome back everybody, we got our last segment here, Um, one thing I did want to touch on real quick was I wanted to tell you guys what current rankings the teams are that me and Jacob chose for our little our little pick'em. So I chose Penn State for my team, they're currently tied at 13th with which uh, they're tied with Wisconsin so we'll say they're 14th and then Jacob's UCF team is 15th so we got a nice little matchup right there like I said we're gonna see which team finishes higher. So Quick note on that, and now we're going to jump into what I think is going to be a really fun game. So those of you out there that listen to the Part of My Take podcast, every single episode they do a Mount Rushmore of whatever. It's different every time. And so on this episode, we're going to do a Mount Rushmore of sports bucket list events. So Mount Rushmore of the sports events that we want to attend, go to in our lifetime. And Mount Rushmore means that we each get four. So how we're going to do it is we're going to alternate Jacob's going to go first, then I'll go, and so on. And if the other person takes one of our picks, then we have to, have to pick something else. So you can't repeat what somebody else already said. So with that, let's go, Jacob. First pick for bucket list sporting events.
0: All right. Um, so my first pick for my Mount Rushmore of absolutely must-see sporting events in my lifetime. Um, number one is going to be a game at the Philadelphia Eagles Stadium, and I want to see them play the Dallas Cowboys.
2: Oh, okay. Nice. You want to explain that
0: one? Yeah. So the Philadelphia Eagles are my favorite football team. Um, You know, as I've already said in this episode, I grew up my early childhood in Pennsylvania. So I grew up an Eagles fan and have stayed a diehard Eagles fan ever since. Um, So they're my favorite team and I've never actually been to an Eagles game. Um, So if I were to see one, it would need to be in Philadelphia and have them playing their biggest rival, the Dallas Cowboys.
2: That would be cool. I know Eagles fans get pretty rowdy, so that that would be a lot of fun, just kind of like the whole game day atmosphere. Yeah. All right, so my first pick for my Mount Rushmore is going to be Duke versus North Carolina college basketball at Duke. So in Durham, in that small little stadium. Um, I've actually been to Duke's campus, and me, when me and my dad were there, we tried to get in to see the stadium, but we, we couldn't. It was locked, and nobody would let us in. So I want to go to one of those games one day and I know I'd have to drop like half my life savings to be able to go there, but I also think it'd be worth it. So that is going to be my number one on my Mount Rushmore.
0: All right. Good pick. Um, The number two on my Mount Rushmore is um, going to be seeing the um, USA women's national team soccer play. Um, That is a good
2: one. That's a really good one.
0: They are just an all around really dope team. I mean, I'm sure, you know, if I were to go see them, you know, 10 or 15 years from now, I would, you know, there's no way we could know any of the players that would be on that team. Yeah. Um, but if I were to go like now, you know, I'd be able to see people like, you know, Alex Morgan, Megan Urpino and, you know, all these mm-hmm. great, you know, women's soccer players. And they're just such a polarizing, like, great team that um, I think really gives, you know, America a good face in some, you know, times when America might not have the best reputation globally. Mm-hmm um so i would really love to see them play
2: that, that's a good one and like it's so funny because those two or three actually even more like that month they're just on top of the world in the u.s and
0: yeah those girls
2: are just everywhere you see them all over tv so that's a really good one i would love to do that too okay for my second pick for my mount rushmore um i am actually going to pick tailgating and the whole game day experience for an sec football game nice. i just think i just think this would be awesome and i'm i'm trying to decide which team because I've actually, like, researched, like, the best best tailgates for college football games because I just, like, I'm interested in that. I think it'd be super fun to go to. And you often see Ole Miss as number one, actually, even though Ole Miss football team isn't that good in the SEC. But um, so I'm trying to decide which team I would want to go. Maybe, maybe, like, an LSU-Alabama game. And I've heard the games, like, night games at LSU are amazing and just the tailgates all day. It's just... It's a whole different whole different culture, you know, down there for SEC college football. So I think that'll be my number two is uh, the whole game day experience for an SEC football game.
0: Good pick, yeah. Um, all right, my, my third pick for my Matt Rushmore is going to be um, seeing Gonzaga play Duke at Cameron Indoor. And I, and I know that you already talked about this briefly, um, but mine's a little different. You know, it needs to be Gonzaga-Duke Um, and so, and it needs to be at Duke, obviously. Um, I just think, you know, we both are our Gonzaga alums, so we obviously are diehard fans and, you know, just, I think of all teams that they could possibly play, Duke would be the most entertaining and the most fun. Um, obviously obviously they played them last year in the Maui Invitational, but it wasn't at Mm -hmm. Duke. And I think just being able to see a game at Duke, like you already said, um, that would just be an amazing experience.
2: Dude, if that ever happens, I will pay however much the tickets are because we need to go to that game. So if that ever happens, we, we need to buy those tickets. I don't care how much they cost, all right?
0: All right, well, let's just go ahead <laughs> on, and like agree on record right now that if they ever play at Duke, we're going to go.
2: Yes, we're bringing the Pig & Podcast to Durham, North Carolina, and we will be there for that game. Down. Let's do it. Okay, I'm hyped. I'm hyped now. I really hope that happens. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> my next one, my next one. Is a little interesting. Um, I, think, I think I'm going to pick this one. So I'm going to do – I have a whole list of ones that I could pick, and I was trying to decide what would be my top four, and I think I'm going to pick this one. Um, sit courtside at an NBA game.
0: Okay. I that's, just a, think, that's a great pick. Yeah.
2: I don't even know if I care what – obviously it would be cool if it was, like, at Staples Center or something like that, but that will probably never happen. Yeah. So I, just any NBA game sitting courtside would just be unreal. and like I don't know. Even being able to, like, interact with the players in any way and, like – I mean, I've heard everybody say that if you sit courtside, like on TV, it looks like they're being kind of lackadaisical sometimes in the regular season. But it's so different when you sit courtside and you're just right there with these huge superpower athletes, you know. So I think that that's my my third on the Mount Rushmore.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a great pick. I would I would definitely love to sit courtside. I mean, I'm gonna have to get a couple of promotions before I ever get to that <laughs> point. I'm not yep. gonna afford it, but yeah, that's definitely um, on my list as well. But. Um, My last pick for my Mount Rushmore of must-see sporting events, this one is like hyper-specific. Okay, I like it. And it's it's definitely going to catch you by surprise because I don't think you're going to expect me to pick this, but I really want to see LeBron play. Uh And so, you know, growing up, you know, my parents actually saw Michael Jordan play. Um, Uh And, you know, obviously Michael Jordan is – you know either the best or the second best depending on what you know side of the argument you're on he's either the best or, or the second best NBA player ever and mm-hmm. you know I would love to see him but obviously that was way before my time so the second best option would would be to see lebron who is again yep. you know either the first or second best player ever so I want to see him but I want to see him play either with or against bronny oh nice because his son right now is in high school and you know you know he's gonna be a one and done in college he's gonna go Mm -hmm. for one year then he's gonna go straight to the nba so even if lebron plays like i think two or three more nba seasons they're gonna be in the nba at the same time and i Mm -hmm. think it would be super super sick to see lebron play either with or against his son i don't care which but just seeing lebron and his son on the court at the same time would be dope
2: yeah dude and I feel like, I feel like he's going to do it too. You know, I yeah. think he, he's got like three to five years left in the tank and for that's sure. exactly how long it's going to take for Bronny to get there. Yeah. And I feel like he's kind of got his whole master plan and I think that's, that's it. And you know, if anybody has the influence to make something like that happen, it would be LeBron. So Agreed. I could see it. And if it happens, you need to get courtside seats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if only.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So that was your fourth one, right? Yeah. Okay. So my last one, um, so I got two, like, these, these are bigger ones that I think a lot of people would pick if they're doing this kind of thing. And I'm going to, I'll mention the other one, but I got to pick one of them. So I'm going to say uh, just the Olympics and specifically the Summer Olympics. I think that's that should be on every sports fan's bucket list. And yeah. then the other one that I was kind of arguing between was World Cup, the Men's World Cup. Women's would be awesome, too, but I think going to another country um, to watch the Men's World Cup would just be unreal. And especially going to a game where the home team is playing. Yeah. I think that would just be insane. So those are those are kind of tied right there, but I think I'd take Summer Olympics as my last on the Mount Rushmore.
0: Awesome. That was fun. That was, that was a good segment. I enjoyed that one.
2: Yeah, I like that too.
0: All right. Um, well, I think with uh, that segment being over, I think we'll go ahead and close out the podcast. Um, this has been um, a really good episode, and I think Zach actually has one more thing to say before we head off. So
2: yes, as always, you know, we love shout outs on this podcast. And as always, I have a couple of shout outs. Uh, first shout out goes to Tate Frazier, former co host of the One Shining podcast. Uh, I've absolutely fallen in love with this podcast over the last few months. And unfortunately, Tate left. For those of you, those small amount of you that know this podcast, it's very, very sad. However, the podcast is still going. Mark Titus, my boy, is still running the podcast out there. So take a listen to that. Went to an Old Dominion concert last night. Shout out Old Dominion, best country <laughs> music group out there. Um, And then last one, we have to mention some Gonzaga basketball. Shout out to a friend of the program, Corey Kispert.
0: Yeah, Corey.
2: Corey Kispert, who was seen playing at Noonball at Gonzaga University apparently last Friday. My cousin Nick Alcott sent me a Snapchat, and apparently he was on a team uh, with a couple of the women's basketball players for Gonzaga, and they were absolutely whooping on everybody. So shout out to Corey getting out there, working on his game in the offseason, whooping on some young Gonzaga talent. Um, Yeah, that's all I got for shout outs.
0: (laughs) I miss you, Corey. Come on our show again. dude. Come back,
2: Corey. Corey, if you're listening, come back. We want you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, great. Um, Well, like I said, we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. It's been a great episode two to season three. Um, If you are new, then go ahead and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. I'm hyped that we're on the Apple platform. Um, And with that being said, I think we'll close it out. Any last words, Zach? Nope,
2: I got nothing. That was fun.
0: All right, sounds good. Well, for myself, Jacob Phil, my co-host, Zach Oates, we are signing off and we will see you next time. Peace.
1: Peace. up and hit this magic. With the gang, we ball out and can't get tragic. All we got, we gon' let you niggas have it. Stuck in my ways, think I need to change my habits. What would you do if you were me and didn't have shit? Look in the mirror, now I'm feeling like a savage. Tell my son I love him for him, I'ma make it happen. Reality not going back to trapping You say that you proud of me, I turn my back, you laughing Now I hit the scene, daylight lights, camera action Living in a dream, now my music, they be blasting Step out, I'm a star, always in the latest fashion Had to set the bar, niggas try to catch me lacking Bank account for my son, he won't have to struggle You can see it in my eyes, all I do is hustle They tried to knock me off my feet, I'm ready to rumble Felt like I ain't in weeks, working off the bus Oh yeah, oh my, we right For my brothers, no lie All you niggas can die Never wrong, they right I ain't changing my side Yeah, we in it for life Before when I've been right. this magic With the gang, we ball out